Blog Talk Radio. And from Studio 111 by Radio Strike Radio Across the Country, I'm Blasted Radio, Little Radio 360. This is Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show. We're back at it for another exciting episode. And we have big news around the corner, more like around the week, not just in sports, but in other things in general. Stay tuned. Is this going down? So I apologize for that, but we are back. My Gardner Ben Florence, we are here live and direct, uh, streaming through your airwaves uh, by any means necessary. We haven't had a show in a while because we've been traveling again. It's, it's sort of our endless summer here on FR, but we have exciting news uh, coming to you in just a minute because um, we actually have two major milestones coming up, which I'll well, get, we'll get to uh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll tease. We'll tease. We'll tease it to uh to later of the show. But Flo, how's everything going? You were out. You were in the good old Jersey this past weekend. How was that? I see you're back, safe and sound, with the Gerard sighting as you texted me uh, this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I knew Gerard, who Gerard Lee, who is at the folks that uh, God bless haven't been paying attention, uh, was our RA. Uh, when I was a junior and Mike was a senior, we lived in Nebraska, the legendary Nebraska Hall uh, on the campus, barely on the campus of American University. And I rode by him and he saw me. He did double take because he saw the next hand. He's like, oh, oh, what's up, Ben? I was like, Gerard. And I just rode on by because he's walking his dog. Uh, good stuff. Yes, uh, back in D.C. having just a funky August. Uh, take, a, take a weekend off, work. Take another weekend off, work, and then we got Labor Day weekend, and then I'm off the weekend after that. Because you know what? Let me tell you something. I was tired in June. What happened was I had to fill in for, like, everybody that does my job on the weekends. So I literally had no two, no weekend where I did the same job twice in a row. And I, and I also realized, listen, I haven't taken any vacation. I got these vacation days. Screw the people I work for. We're taking some vacation. If it causes some problems, that's not my problem. So we got one weekend down, which they almost screwed me out of because they botched the uh, uh, putting in the vacation days into my schedule, which was which was nice of them to do that. But um, yes, yeah, so that I work this weekend. We're off next weekend, which we'll talk about, I believe, maybe a little later in the show. What's going on? And uh, mm. yeah, we are just rocking and rolling here. Uh, super hot and muggy in D.C., and it sucks, but we're back, and we're killing it. That is true. How was, uh, how was Jersey? Same old, same old? It was nice to be back home. You know, it's, uh, I, I, I don't like to go home too often because then they'll never want me back. But also, I don't want to never go home so then they, they do miss me. So it's one of those, uh, I try to uh, draw the fine line. It was nice. It was my parents' actually 30th wedding anniversary. So we had a little uh, family party, uh, some, fr- some friends, uh, swam in a pool a little bit. It was good. Uh, mm. It was a good time. Nice to mix it up. Our good friends at Enterprise 
gave me a Dodge Challenger to drive back home. So that was that was fantastic. But that was not the compact that I requested. So that's all right. But uh, but yes, back in action. Uh, solid couple of days of work already, and we're just rocking and rolling. That's fantastic. How was the Challenger? Was it? Would this be uh, your day-to-day car if you ever had the opportunity to purchase that vehicle? I would not. It's one of those cars. It's not really a daily car because you know it's kind of fun. It's sporty. It's got a lot of giddy up and go. But there's really not a lot you can really do with it at its price point. This is a 2019, mind you. Uh, at its mm. price point, I'd argue. Really not worth it in the in the uh, sense of uh, having like a regular car. Do not does not get good gas mileage. So, but it's it's fun for like a little weekend. You're driving up home, you're cruising up the road, cruising up Interstate 95, and for those purposes, it was great. And then to goof around, like when my dad was like, "Oh, I want to drive that thing," and I was like, "Okay." So, it was uh, it was good stuff. It was good stuff. It reminded me of when uh. You know, when in uh, the NASCAR, uh, then the Nationwide Series, NASCAR was like, all right, we're going to bring the sport car, uh, pony cars back, and they're running the Dodge Challenger before uh, Dodge got out of NASCAR, which was sad. But, um, yes, it was the Dodge Challenger for what it is. You know, people hate on it. People hate on Dodge. I had no issues with it. I've never driven, like, a Camaro, a Mustang. But the Challenger gets the job done, man. So I've never I've never driven a Challenger. Uh, I have I have driven well the best part in terms of like botched uh, rent a cars was one time I was in Tampa with my mom and my brother for uh, my brother was doing one of those showcase soccer tournaments in high school and I don't know if it was I think it was either Enterprise or National or Budget whatever it was really screwed us over because they ran out of because it was in Tampa so it was, it was peak tourist season, so it's definitely overbooked, and we ended up with a Mitsubishi Eclipse. For those of you that don't know what that car looks like, Google it first off, but it's, it is one of the most gaudy-looking two-door, two-door, by the way, for three people, most gaudy, most gaudy-looking sports cars ever made. I've never driven a Challenger. I've never driven a Mustang, although uh, one of my coworkers, she actually has a Mustang, which is fantastic considering she uh, is just drives it through the snow. And it's even better because for the longest time, because I guess there's no, she, didn't, she loves this thing to death. She doesn't want to drill holes in the front bumper to put license plates on it. Because New York State has this one of the billion rules that they have. Shout out to Andrew Cuomo. But they, uh, you have to have both plates front and back. I guess unless it's like a commercial vehicle, because it gets kind of tricky with uh, with our pace cars, as we have some. But that, that's another story. So she didn't want to um, drill holes, rightfully so. That car's her baby, and she doesn't want to mess it up. So for a longest time, she had it, uh, she had her one license plate like zip tied to the grill. And I I don't know what exactly happened to that plan, but the the I went to work the other one the other day a couple of months ago, and the the front license plate is gone. And I was just I thought someone stole it, and she says no, it just I guess the zip ties just broke. It fell off like halfway down the highway, 
So now she just has it in her car. So I don't know if she's technically riding dirty, uh, to quote the great chameleon air, but that's hilarious. I rode in a Mustang with her, and I am too big. I realize I am too big for that car because the seat, because it's it's only a two-seater. So you're my, and I'm about six foot. So I can understand why it is either you got to put the seats really low, and your vantage point is screwed because that nose on that Mustang, probably what you experienced with the Challenger, is it's like driving a land yacht. You know, you, you can't see the front, or or maybe you can, you just don't know how. You have your depth way off. I have never driven a Camaro. I have driven a cylinder Camaro and I chickened out by not pushing a Corvette to the limit um, so where I went with the Corvette was I was 16 years old back when NASCAR was good at uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway Chevy I would always do this display and the, like one of the, the claim to fans because one because the Brickyard is such a huge facility there's so much room Chevy had a, a year where you could like test drive cars, and uh, because I was 16 at the time, and the people didn't believe I was, even though I showed my license and everything, I had to pass like a couple of tests. I had to drive like a Malibu, and then I had to uh, drive a Silverado, which to this day is probably the biggest truck vehicle I've, I've ever sat in and, and driven. And then I got the right to do uh, to go on the course of the Corvette. Now, one, I was 16, so mind you, August 16, I was a freshly licensed individual for about four months, which is terrifying to think of. So now, but now I'm given the keys to a V8-powered American muscle machine. <laughs> and I, I went like 60. And I probably could have pushed it further. So I regret not going ham on that. But that's kind of the only sports cars I've really been in. Um, unless you count a Toyota Camry, which is our official pace vehicle at Watkins Glen International. So, yeah. XSC edition, put it in sport mode, thing flies, just not on Yokohama tires. That's our car, that's our car talk. That's our car, our car talk. Whatever happened to those guys, by the way? Are they still, like, alive? Or did they just, they just end their show because the world doesn't care about cars anymore? Uh, that's a good question. I think they did retire. I want to say they retired. I haven't listened. I only listened to that show not much, but I believe, yeah, they ended the sh- They ended the show in like 2012. Holy cow. I used to, I used to hate that show because those guys, you'd think, I guess when I was little, my dad used to love that show. I don't know why. But that show was one of – I mean, I hated it then just because it was annoying. I didn't really understand it. Um, but come to think, they were definitely ahead of their time. They were one of the first sort of niche programming shows in, like, the 80s and 90s when everything was so generic and mainstream. They were like, yeah, you call in and you, and you sell us a problem and we will, we will fix it. Which makes me wonder why there are no shows like that now because so much car trouble still happens today. 
And I and I don't think I don't think Arda Trader is, is going to be the, the elixir of all the problems. But that is fun. I mean, it's funny. I'm surprised no one's trying to remake that show. Did you see the other day that Disney is trying to remake oh, okay. like the Home Alones and like Night at the Museum? I did see that. Yes. Being oh, a fan gosh. of Christmas movies, what are your thoughts on that? Has Disney gone too far? Yes, because first off, I mean, I've <laughs> never. I always thought Home Alone itself was overrated. I never thought it was all that great of a movie. I know it's considered a Christmas classic and a Christmas classic, excuse me, and Ray, Ray, Ray. But I never was that into it. But then it's just, you know, again, it's just Disney. I understand that, you know, they have this big back catalog and content they already control, so you can just make more money off this stuff. But it's like, who wants and who really needs a new Home Alone? And how many of these remakes turn to live action movies are let alone better how about just as mm. just com- not even as good how about comparable to the original film you know I heard the that the that the Jungle Book was great never saw it heard mm. it was great heard great things but never saw it beyond that I mean you know Beauty and the Beast was not considered to be as good I mean Dumbo come on uh, <laughs> we love like, Danny DeVito on and on we do love Danny DeVito a great man and a great Jersey guy but I mean, come on now. I I just don't I just don't get it. If you if you could remake a movie, what would it be? Oh gosh. Um, like if, like wow. even 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 movies that were remade. If you could remake a remake, if you could sort of hit the reset button and be like, no, this is wrong. I I could do this movie better this way. Hmm. That's a great question. You know, I'm going to throw a movie out there just because I'm thinking about NASCAR at the moment. I would say that um, I I think that they should excuse me they should remake Days of Thunder because Days of Thunder was mm. such a mess of a movie and which is so absurd yeah. and there were so many things and there were so many issues in that it really led to kind of a change and a shape shift of how movies are produced in Hollywood and less of a producer uh, focus because of just the excess of that movie. But I feel like, you know, Days of Thunder should have been great. You know, you have Top Gun, you have uh, Tom Cruise, and you had, you know, just a, a great cast. And it was just bumbled with a, just a bunch of, a lot of crap and unnecessary stuff. <laughs> and they could really make, a really good NASCAR movie. Yeah, we had Talladega Nights, which was great and hilarious, and actually not a terrible, for the most part, NASCAR movie. Um, no. But that was, you know, kind of, do you want to do like a series, almost like a, uh, you know, I don't want to say Fast and Furious, but something like that for NASCAR, I think could be great. And maybe, uh, who knows, maybe that's what could save NASCAR. <laughs> better, than, uh, better than NASCAR Wives on CMT. <laughs> which, which I watched oh, for that the other day. Cause I guess it, I guess it aired the weekend of our cup race two weekends ago, and it just it just looked awful. I don't I don't see the point in it because the problem is I mean maybe it's because I've worked in the industry, so some of the wives and and, and girlfriends are actually like really chill and down to earth, but the ones that country music television shows, which by the way, great programming on their part. They get an early thumbs down. 
for having hit shows like NASCAR Wives, uh, Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders, and I believe those morons known as Dude Perfect still are on that channel. Or maybe they've got a season and people realize that these guys are just complete oh, jabronis. So, um, no clue about that. I lost the trailer. It looked awful. And it's basically... Well, first of all, um, it's like Austin Dillon's wife, who is an ex-Titans cheerleader, uh, Kyle Bush's wife, Kurt Bush's wife. I don't even know who else is on it. Like, oh, oh uh, one of the girls who used to be a Monster Energy victory lane girl, who's not even married to a NASCAR driver, she's married to one of Austin Dillon's like tire changers or Jackman. Yeah. It's it's such a it's such a mess. Because um, again, it's like it's like it's like a great idea. Like oh, let's just put NASCAR further into a hole where people hate it, hate it anyway. Um, you know you know oh, you know what I mean. Um, like like big, but uh, but that, that's that's not pop culture. We get we get some more of that in the later. Let's go sports because we missed we have missed a lot. But we, uh, there's also been a lot of good stuff going on. Preseason football is going on. Are you a fan of preseason football? Have faith. Do you have faith in the uh, – before we get to the other nonsense that's going on in preseason, the Packers, first-year head coach, he's still in the boot. Um, and people are already taking shots at your boy Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's one of those things to where um, – yeah, you know, it is crazy that he is in the boot. Uh, you know, again, it's still early. It's training camp, early preseason. So it's one of those things to where, again, I think people need to calm down a little bit, let things play out. But I, you know what? I think the Packers can be good. Obviously, the key thing is Aaron Rodgers, and he needs to be healthy. I think that Mike McCarthy had to go. Rodgers really needed a different uh, voice in his head, a different coach. Um. I think that, um, excuse me, uh, I think Green Bay can be good. I think they have pieces. I like a lot of what they did this offseason in the draft, in a free agency. I think the Packers are in decent shape. You know, I follow preseason. I don't go out of my way really to watch a lot of the games. It's a lot of times it's, help, excuse me, it's helpful to kind of, you know, familiarize yourself with players. Who's going to be breakout starters? Who may make the team? Who may not? Uh, and have gotten big league into hard knocks, which is great because it's John Gruden's mm. a maniac. Um, so yeah. I, I, I pay attention. It's one of the things where it's like, you know, if they got a, a nationally televised uh, preseason game, like I believe right now on ESPN, I'll throw it out. I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, but it, it's not uh, the pro, it's not the regular season yet, but it's definitely one of those things where you're getting warmer and warmer. Are we, are we all are we in favor of keeping the preseason games or expanding more regular season like what uh, Commissioner Goodell is trying to do? I would rather than not expand the regular season. I really don't think that does much. I think that's just a greed thing. It's just like when, uh, for example, oh, you know, we can't have a college football playoff because – we don't want to take uh, time away from students in class, but, oh, of course we can expand the regular season to 12 games. I mean, of course we can do that. <laughs> so it's one of those things where it's obviously a money-making procedure. I'm not going to do it. If you want to shorten the preseason three, maybe two, I think that'd be fine. Uh, generally, that fourth preseason game is a lot of uh, 
reserves and borderline roster guys, which can make it kind of interesting, but you're not really seeing really much of uh, the big timers, if you will. But I'd be cool if they shortened the preseason. I have no issue with that. I'm just not into expanding regular season. I just don't just don't see the need. Yeah. So football starts uh, after Labor Day, so people can calm down. Um, but but of course, fantasy football is is alive and well. Drafts are, are coming and going. Um, our draft our draft at work is I believe the week before the season starts. So I'm curious of, uh, of how our commissioner will rig it once again so he wins. I'm actually gonna be doing, I'm actually gonna do my homework this time. I feel like that was my flaw last year. One because I'm normally used to playing in a PPR league, uh, and in and last year. The commish, he has he did not do that, and he we, we came up with this like crazy he came up with this crazy algorithm where more yards are better than catches, so it, it was out of control. Didn't make the playoffs, even though I had Michael Thomas and Drew Brees on my team, for whatever it's worth. But who's more of a head case that you've that, you, that we've witnessed in in this training camp and preseason? Who's more of a head case to their team, Antonio Brown or Ezekiel Elliott? Well, I think is I want to is well you can go either way. Antonio Brown, obviously, there's a big microscope on him and the Raiders because a there's hard knocks, and they spent a lot of money on him. He's an elite player, but he also is clearly mercurial. You know, he has the foot thing, which is very bizarre. Now he's got this helmet thing, which is also very odd. He left training camp. He he comes back. Uh, it's it's so odd. But I'm gonna go with Ezekiel Elliott because. Hmm. Yes, the running back is just simply not as valuable as they used to be in the NFL. But Zeke is such a key piece of this Cowboys team, and now they also—he's not the only guy they have contract issues with. They also have with uh, Dak Prescott as well. So I think the Elliott thing is a little more of a distraction in terms of the team because I don't think Oakland—you know—maybe the best case scenario they could push 500, maybe get a little above 500. Dallas is trying to win the NFC East, and they're trying to go deep in the playoffs. And it's just going to be harder and harder to do that if this Ezekiel Elliott uh, contract standoff continues. Yeah, what would you do if you're an owner and you had a rogue, you had, you had a good athlete wanting more money? I don't understand. First off, I don't understand why why do these players want more money? Are they not happy with their current situation? Like, they not more people need to be like. Tom Brady and Dirk Nowitzki do its best for the team. Why are people so selfish nowadays? Well, I think it's one of those things where players that feel more emboldened, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing, be like, hey, here's what I think I'm worth, and if you're not going to pay me, then I'm not going to play. Now, it's one of those things where certain guys, for example, I believe the Cowboys are limited with what they can do regarding the contract of Ezekiel Elliott because he's still in his rookie deal. And I think this is similar, I believe, to what the Chargers are going through with Melvin Gordon or went through. I, I believe that's still ongoing. So yeah. I think it's one of those things where the, you know, Ezekiel Elliott is taking the lead by storm coming out of the gate. And I believe that, you know, he just thinks that, hey, you know, when I'm such a key part of this team, I want to get paid as such. And I don't necessarily have an issue with that. I'm also not a fan of the team. And, of course, my opinion is if I were, it would be a different story because a lot of times it would be like, hey, you know, I want this guy to play. That's what 
they're paying him already for, but I think it's a, a case of guys just trying to assert their value and really, really kind of um, try to, you know, further that going forward. Mm. That is true. Um, so we'll, we'll, end up, we'll end our solid NFL talk before we hit a commercial. Um, you watching Hard Knocks. How is that? I noticed I saw Antonio Brown uh, entered training camp on a hot air balloon. If you were to, uh, what, would be, what would be the most obnoxious way you would uh, appear your first day at training camp? Well, first day at work. Even, with you. you know, a hot air balloon is one of those things where it's just, uh, you know, I'm I'm afraid of heights for the most part, yeah. so I don't think I could ever do that. Um, I would love to do something like maybe roll in like a monster truck or something like that or some other kind of, or some other kind of just weird uh motor craft or something like that. I feel like that'd be kind of like, cool. Like a like a hovercraft? Yeah, that'd be like like an actual kind of hovercraft kind of thing. Not like those kind of yeah. goofy little uh scooter things you see people roll around and catch on fire. Uh, but I feel like a, a monster wait, truck. If wait, you're going to go what, out, would be the, awesome. What are the scooters that catch on? What are these scooters that catch on fire? Yeah, I, wasn't there an issue with the hoverboards where they were catching on fire when they first debuted? Oh, those little things that one, people kind of yeah. push around. Those things are like two wheels, which aren't even hoverboards because the wheels are on the ground, so that kind of defeats the purpose. <laughs> yeah, so it's like what yeah, I always that thing that like Mike Tyson blew off on. I think so. <laughs> I've forgotten about that, but I think that's correct. Oh my god, that's I don't know what I do. I would just show. What about just showing up to work, dressed in like sweats, like every other person does? <laughs> the hot air balloon was great. I think like James Harrison with the Steelers used to always do that. He's always come rolling on like a fire truck. I don't know what it serves because. You're still like a month away from the season, so it's not like you're showing up to game day like that. If I was an owner and saw that, I'd be like, "You don't take your job seriously enough," and that would make me <laughs> angry. I mean, as I'm watching preseason, I'm watching a stupid commercial of DirecTV where a guy at Burp, it's a barbershop in Atlanta. Everyone's wearing Falcons gear, which, by the way, those commercials are the most unrealistic advertisements ever because there's no scenario where any that any of those scenarios would happen. There's no establishment or store where the entire populace in there is, is wearing, like, the same article of clothing or, like, the same logo apparel. And I get that one outlier. Or you always see the family or it's, like, the dad's a Browns fan and the wife's a Bengals fan. No, first of all, that's not true at all. I've never met a family that's like that. So it's, and it's all just so unrealistic. Speaking of unrealistic and everyone hate him, what do you make of what do you make of Jay Z partnering with the NFL? What was that again? I'm sorry. Oh, oh Jay Z. Uh, you know, it's one of those. It's it's you know, people always talk about you know, how Jay Z is such a proud capitalist, and that's really what this thing is. <laughs> I don't really get the service of um, like what this really serves. It, I, it seems to me, I'm sure for Jay Z and Rock Nation. It's a tremendous amount. It's a very lucrative opportunity. I'm totally sure of that. And you know what? You got to get your money. I understand that. But this hmm. just seems to be one of those things where, like, the NFL is like, listen, hey, you know, 
We don't have issues with uh, players of color. You know, we don't have any issues. We're partnering with Jay-Z. Who cares about Colin Kaepernick? Now, Colin Kaepernick, (laughs) a lot of people are making the point, I think a little unfairly, because, you know, Colin Kaepernick got screwed by the NFL. Now, here's Jay-Z pallying around the NFL. But, in fairness, Colin Kaepernick made that okay because he had that whole uh, commercial and Desmond made a thing like Colin Kaepernick basically did the same thing, except his was just with Nike, not with the NFL. So it's a weird thing. Uh, frankly, I don't really get the utility of it. Really means I mean, I guess Rock Nation is going to curate who's going to do the Super Bowl halftime show before, which just we've had some idea. weird. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's going to work out. Um, but it's you know, it's one of those things. You know, I I just don't see I don't see the real need for it. I don't get the, you know, the true utility. It's almost kind of like a, like the NFL is trying to save some face, if you will. And it's, a, mm-hmm. it's an odd situation, but uh, I think it's odd. It was, it's just bizarre because I didn't know Jay-Z even liked football. I thought he was more of a, ba- I thought he was more of a basketball guy, to be honest with you. It, mm-hmm. It's a ba- bad idea for him doing uh, for, for Rock Nation doing the Super Bowls, by the way, because I thought it was, I think it's a conflict of interest because isn't isn't Rock Nation like aren't they agents to certain athletes? I know like Victor Cruz, he's no longer in the NFL, but I think they're agents to certain NFL players, and mm-hmm. the their artists are other than my boy J Cole, the artists are so all over the place. In terms of like the social spectrum, it's going to be a disaster. You're just going to get more of Beyonce <laughs> and her Black Panther right getting ladies into formation. Now they ruined Super Bowl Fifty's halftime show. It spoiled my man Chris Martin, Chris Martin's Coldplay. And so it, it's it's that the halftime show is going to be like remember that episode of The Simpsons where Homer was put in charge of a like touchdown celebration. Yes. And like he worked with Flanders, and the halftime was basically just like stories from the Bible. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be like that, that with just a bunch of diversity. And and and, oh and I guess I don't want to see for the halftime show because the games are already entertaining as it is. Well, not last year's, but the the games are entertaining, and I'm so used to shutting the TV off at halftime. And waiting for the second half. I know it's 15 minutes, so I already set. I set the. I set the. The clock starts as soon as that second quarter goes double zeros. So I don't think it matters. But what are they gonna do? Maybe they're giving a hologram of Michael Jackson out on stage. I don't think Michael Jackson's part of Rock Nation, but but we. But who knows? Um, we'll take a break. We come back. We'll have fan mail. Other from other sports, NBA, baseball, the like. Um, and it's an exciting announcement on the flip side of this commercial break. You're listening to Fanatic Radio. Block Radio. This is Fanatic Radio. You're ready to break the pain. <laughs> the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on Block Talk Radio. Hi, this is Ben Floyd from Fanatic Radio here for Clint Texas Salsa. Best stuff around. Get the hot player for a good kick. Next time you're in the salsa aisle at your local grocery store, pick Clint Texas Salsa and tell them Flo sent you. Every day is filled with a million reasons to give. Every moment is an opportunity to send a smile. From birthdays to get well days 
There's always a reason to send a smile with 1-800-Flowers.com. Fanatic Radio. They stink! That's the reason you wake up on game day and put on your team's cars. Fanatic Radio on... Blog Talk Radio. My Gardner Benz wants you up Fanatic Radio. We are the Millennial Show, powered by a slew of, of support. Um, catch us always the podcast on iTunes, blogtalkradio.com, before the $60 social pipes. Uh, we're taking over... Taking over the internet. We do not do Instagram thing, uh, takeovers. I never understand why companies do that. I'm just kidding. We do that all the time. Actually, I don't do that. I run a so I run social media for Rockets Glenn, and it's amazing what what everyone else in like the sports world does that I don't, and yet we're still successful. It's it's so bizarre because I think a lot a lot of it is a lot of these people are dedicated to social media. I also do PR, so I also have other fish to fry. And um, speaking of that, I did survive NASCAR weekend. Crazy weekend. I have stories, um, which I will get to right now because we've got, we got time for our big announcement and before fan mail. So uh, I, told, I already told Flo this, but I'll tell the, I'll tell the fans that uh, one of the great things about the track is our fans are very dedicated, a little chaotic and dedicated. Now, they, uh, what happens is in the world of PR, there's this beautiful thing called live shots. Um, Flo knows them, I know them. We had news mm. crews coming out at like about 5.30, 6 a.m. do live hit at the Go Bowling display because they actually brought bowling alleys or bowling lanes to their display at, on our, at our midway. And my boss and I were like, all right, we got to split these up anyway because they're two separate stations and we're not going to kill ourselves doing this. So I remember I bit the bullet, took the 531. Now, I was, I was thinking, okay, because one of our sponsors is Great Outdoors RV, well, they provide us RV. So those who, stay, those who work long hours and stay out of town or, or stay uh, that are more than 30 minutes away from the track, that's what they're there for. And I thought, well, I don't want to get up and go and, and basically go through uh, – our gate, drive up to the media center. I'm going to stay in the RV. Because what's great is you can you can basically go out and party, have a good time, and not have the responsibility of driving home under the influence or, or, or driving, like, tired. So we went out. We had a good time. We drank at the mare, which is always great. Who was rocking a cut sleeve, cargo shorts, and camel crocs. So he gets an early thumbs down for his fashion faux pas. But I will just do a Cliff Notes version because uh, of time constraints today. It, it was awful because I was totally unprepared. Uh, I didn't realize that linens and your towel, you had, to, you had to provide yourself. I thought that was provided for you, like a hotel. Um, I, was, I took a three-minute shower as advised by my roommate and the princess. They were like, well, you you gotta you gotta do this quick. The hot water is gone, is gone, and it was. But I think it's but I think it's bullshit because you you have you know you're hooked up to a water you're hooked up to water in, a, in an RV. So the, so there should never be a lack of hot water. I mean I don't know how that works, but I guess I'm wrong. And uh, you gotta get up at 4 a.m. You gotta get dry to get dressed in the dark. Forgot my belt. Shout out to Mackenzie. 
I actually borrowed hers. Uh, thank God it wasn't like bedazzled or 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 crazy design. So yeah, Friday was rough, but the rest of the weekend was great. Massive rager, um, pop champagne in Victory Lane. Facetime my mom. It was <laughs> several deep, and it was it was glorious because we won. Chase Elliott repeated, which is the uh, first driver to do that since 2012, and he has the chance to uh, three peat since Jeff Gordon in 1999. So, no, oh, there's also a date change. NASCAR is. Uh, 13th to the 16th next year in 2020, thanks to the uh, the, Olymp- the Olympics in uh, in Tokyo. But that so that was last week. That's why we were sort of off. That's why we were off the air. We are back this week, and I noticed a very interesting number, and uh, and a very interesting event that's going to happen um, come this time next week. Now, one of the we, we rarely have milestones on this show. And I remember uh, now fans have been wondering, but a couple of, of months ago, maybe a year, almost a almost a year ago, we were uh, we were floating around the idea of a Fnac Radio Fest, and where in the world <laughs> would we uh, would we host it? Which is basically like our version of a festival, which it's literally just us two. So you know, there's no there's no like big name acts. They're not. They're, we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna do it. And so we 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 uh, we floated around the idea of like Nashville as being our city, or like New Orleans, and it never really came to fruition because our jobs got busy, and we went on with our daily lives. Next next week, however, uh, you don't want to miss this because. It was rumored. It was through the grapevine. It is still. It is now official. Ben Florence is is taking a road trip up to upstate New York, and Fanatic Radio will be live with both of us in studio this time. <laughs> Live, we and so then that also leads to another a special event because this time next week. So what we're gonna do is Flo, you're we're gonna be in town Friday, Friday. I'm assuming Friday night, Saturday, and Sunday. And fans don't want to miss this because out of those days that he is on site uh, in in my humble abode in upstate New York. Fanatic Radio, weirdly enough, and I'm very proud to say this, will be celebrating its 300th episode, which I am absolutely ecstatic for because I hope that's the day that I am planning of what we have in store. Um, so yeah, I guess the festival is you could you could tell we could tell what's going on. So a great a great event that's happening. I don't know if it's Friday or Saturday night, but my Oh, my coworker and my dear friend, the uh, the great the great Mackenzie Carolus, uh, is a maid of honor for her. I believe her sister or friends. I think it's her sister's wedding or a friend's wedding. No, it is her, one of her sisters, and she's the maid of honor to having a bachelorette party. Uh, because one of the things that she wanted to do was go to do the tour of the winery, which is a very uh, popular thing up here to do. Yeah, there's over forty some wineries on Seneca Lake alone. And they're going to do that. But the best part about it is 
the the Airbnb that they're staying in is like a block away from my house. So so we're crashing that. Which so we're we're gonna crash that and it's gonna be great. Uh, we won't do a live show from then, but but either before or after we'll do that. Uh, second thing that I want to do, and I want to get your take on this, is I, I we tried this before. I tried this before and 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 succeed, succeeded gloriously with um with several several of my coworkers. We did pretty much from 11 a.m. to almost 5 p.m. We went to like 14 wineries as part of this like pass that we got for like 20 30 bucks. We we basically drank the whole day. Now we're gonna. Our, my thing is we're not gonna do. I don't know if we, we can do that, but we're gonna run the gauntlet of of all the bars in Watkins Glen. Now, mind you, this town is that's what Fnac Radio Fest is all about. Where Flo and I are gonna be up to complete hijinks throughout the weekend. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna drink our way through Watkins Glen. We're gonna start by the one bar down by the lake. And we're going to end up with the after party at the Seneca Lodge, which is one of the marquee sort of places in the area. So there's a lot of racing history, uh, as 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 most or as nobody knows. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, have you ever been to the upstate area before? Before next week? No, I'm. That's one of the fun things. Never been up there. Never been. Uh, to the Finger Lakes, uh, wherever you want to call it, the Southern Tier, Central New York, yeah. uh, Western New York, whatever you want to call it. Never been out there. That's really, I think, one of the fun things to see. One of the fun uh, 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 an, an area of the country I really don't have a lot of experience in or any experience in. Yeah, it's definitely, it's, it's definitely going to be one of the smallest towns you've ever been to. Um, we're gonna have a great time. Yeah, I'm excited for our 300th episode. We actually gotta find out when when it actually is. So oh, I think geez. tonight is either 297 or 298. So that means one of our many live shows will be our 300. Um, we're absolutely gonna be apocalyptically under the influence when we're doing these shows. Um, skeletons are gonna come out of the closet. Um, love will be shared, hate will be thrown, and uh, and I don't care because uh, we're doing we're doing we're, it's it's going to be I mean every show is live that we do but it's it's going to be it's going to be wild. Hopefully our internet hopefully the internet works. Uh, yeah, so I got <laughs> less than a week to like clean less than a week to clean house. But yeah, FNAF Radio Fest is next week. Stay tuned. We will be we will we'll keep you posted. We'll do a show on Thursday. We'll do a show on Thursday, and live shows will start maybe once a day, maybe just Saturday. Who knows? We'll think of something. <laughs> but we go to fan mail. Thank you for all who um, who entered our, our sweepstakes to uh, to win a date with the producer. Uh, it does not exist, so I don't know why someone is spreading that rumor. I'm squashing that right now. Um, but we do have a lot, of, a lot of sports. A lot of sports things happen other than just football. A big one that 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 was that happened. Uh, the MLB's trade deadline was was uh, has come and gone, but the fans want to know. Flo, uh, one of the best highlights throughout the last few weeks was uh, was Trevor Bauer having an epic meltdown and throwing the ball into the center field stands. What did you make of that? And the fans want to know uh, what has been the most epic meltdown you have ever been a part of. 
Um, yeah, I <laughs> I've never seen the the highlights of that. And you know, because you'd always heard that Trevor Bauer was an interesting an interesting character, to say the least. Certainly a fiery and uh, uh, sometimes an oddball, if you will. Uh, kind of guy, and when that happened, I mean, well, first off, at least he threw it to, like, the farthest portion of the park. It looked like he threw it into the crowd the other way, threw the ball at anybody. <laughs> that was just bizarre. I mean, I've never seen anything like that. In terms of the best meltdown I've ever seen, oh, been man. A uh, or been a part of, I've never really had a meltdown, certainly anything like that. I... Uh, I I can't think of anything right now. I hope, I hope you have a better answer than I do. Uh, I've been I've, I've not been a part of I've not myself had a meltdown because um, I'm a very even keel guy. Where I'm not just I, I won't I won't go off I won't go off on you like right then and there. I'll 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 sort of I'll sort of just you know talk smack behind your back or in private. I I have watched oh, what was that kid's name? And we're gonna completely call him out on this. Uh, I've wi- I've witnessed a great meltdown. What well, it was? Uh, he's one of, he's in Jenkins' boys. Um, Bickle, David Bickle, is that his name? Kid, kid went to uh, AU. Gosh, I the name sounds a little familiar. I don't know. Yeah, he was. He was one. Of, he always was. He's either. Uh, I don't know if he was uh, Zach Powell's boy or Ethan Jenkins' boy. Um, Drew or David, whatever. Uh, I was playing. I don't know. If I was wa- either watching or playing uh, indoor soccer at the American University uh, Intermill. Awful because it was on a basketball gym. The floor, the basketball court is way too small. Uh, there was like eight people out there on both of the team. So. There's the, the space is just not there, and the team. I think it was the team I was on. We had no, it was We were watching there. The team he was on was playing like a team of of, of of the of the internationals, as I call them, which was like you got the guy like in jeans from India, you had the uh, the Latinos, you had the Europeans that smoked. So they were they were they were very they're bad athletes, but because they knew the game of soccer very well, they're very good on their feet, and they're very chippy, very dirty players. And so, homeboy was getting mad because of all the like kicking at his shins and kind of like tripping him from behind, and like after like the third or fourth time, he's like he just like started slamming his hands on the floor, like pounding the floor, and of course like intermural ref. God bless them, especially for soccer. Was there were there were none, or they were non-existent. So that was funny because here's like a 21 year old guy just acting like a child because of intramural bad intramural calls. So that was fantastic. That was pretty <laughs> much it. I don't know. I guess I guess other I guess other meltdowns I've seen like fights before but I wouldn't say that's a meltdown mm-hmm. it's not like uh yeah. not like a guy throwing a ball into center field but I verify by that video I encourage everyone to go watch it Terry Francona comes out guys won World Series he knows how to manage shout out to the Indians they're actually one of the hottest teams in baseball right now he comes out and he's like are you effing kidding me like like the fact that he said that to a player and he gets traded like two days later it's awesome. <laughs> 
Uh, it just shows that baseball is in, in, in complete shambles. Uh, your Yankees are looking good, though. Um, but what about uh, – no, that's pretty much it. Yeah, but, uh, Yankees 100% all the way healthy now. Uh, sign, sign of good things to come because a lot of people are wondering – a lot of people worry about when teams peak too early. Um, are you worried about the Indians? The fact that they are all of a sudden now they 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 surpassed the Twins first place in their division. Are they a legitimate threat come postseason time, or are you a believer the team's peaking too early? Yeah, I mean, I think perhaps that. Although you'd rather peak and you'd rather not fall off because you'd rather you do mm-hmm. want to make a run. Um, I you know Cleveland's a good team. They got a, a lot of good players throughout the roster. Some good pitching. Great lineup, veteran club. We love Terry Francona. They're probably still not the team I fear the most in the American League as a New York Yankees fan. That's got to be the Houston Astros. You know, the Yankees, we've talked about starting pitching, needed to get some arms, make some improvements, need to do something about that rotation, and they didn't really do anything before the uh, trade deadline. And then here the Astros come, trade for Zach Greinke, and now have this just purely loaded starting rotation. And they now have moved themselves, I don't want to say the favorites to win the World Series, but arguably the favorites to win the American League right now. Uh, they've definitely passed near Yankees in that regard. So Cleveland's very good team. You know, Minnesota, a lot of power. You know, a young club, a very good team in their own right as well. Uh, but if you're if you're the New York Yankees, the team you really got to be afraid of is the Houston Astros right now. We do we do love um, what's his name? My boy Justin Verlander, that's for sure. Uh, great question. And we now go to basketball. The Los Angeles Clippers they made waves with they made shock waves with uh, the signings of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Steve Ballmer, out of his mind, and now all of a sudden, he's, here comes these grandiose plans of, like, a new stadium, and he wants to change the team name and the logo. Two good players, two franchise players on your team, they haven't even played a game yet. Do you think Steve Ballmer's going too far? Are they counting their tickets before they hatch? You know, I think a little bit. I think you can't blame Steve Ballmer for the genuine enthusiasm. I mean, how cool, again was him just completely going out of control, losing his mind in that introductory yeah. press conference with Kawhi Leonard and um, Paul George and all that. But, you know, you, you never – obviously, it's a big deal. There's a lot of moving pieces in the NBA this season, and we're still not really certain how everything is going to shape out uh, kind of the regular season. So I think they are maybe a little guilty of – realize, hey, you know what, we're a big deal, but we need to relax, put everything together before we can really um, get it done. I think need to calm down. Uh, if Florence and your court matters, the Western Conference is so loaded. And normally when, when teams get star players their first year, it's still iffy. You know, you look at the big three, they they – Stuff didn't, they, they really didn't work until about halfway into so a couple months into the season. And you know, LeBron, the Lakers, he didn't make the first year, didn't even make the playoffs. He needs, to, he needs to calm down because anything can happen. The injury bug can strike any time. They're all prima donnas anyway. Ch- you know, st- you know, changing the, lo- the name 
and things like that. Like that, that, that that's got to stop. You know, like you said, there's so many hoops to jump through. You got to get majority of the owners, and half of them are going to be like, "What are you doing? Why are you doing this?" So no, I I think he is taking it very far. Uh, early shout out to uh, Team USA for players not bowing the World Cup. That actually starts soon. Uh, I don't know who I, the Team USA roster is. It's like a hodgepodge of everyone, which is which is fantastic. We love hodgepodges, but the Clippers need to calm down. They're the Los Angeles Clippers. It's it's just two good players. I can't even name the rest of the starting lineup. Like, I don't even know who's even on that team other than, the, other than those two guys. But we do love how Steve Ballmer's had constant enthusiasm and energy since, like, the 80s. And we, we, need, more, we need more positivity with that in our lives. For sure. Um, what else do we have? Yeah. Oh, shout out, shout out to your Brooklyn Nets. New uh, new uh, new ownership. Are you uh, are you excited for the way the direction that the franchise is going? Knowing that Kyrie and Kevin Durant are uh, soon to join, or do you feel like they're sort of going in the same boat as the Clippers that they're sort of biting off more than they can chew? Yeah, it's one of those things where it's a huge moment for the franchise. It's arguably one of the biggest, certainly the biggest moment for them in Brooklyn, and uh, one of the biggest moments ever because. It wasn't like the Jason Kidd uh, trade because that was a trade. You know, you have two elite players saying, you know what, let's go play in Brooklyn. And, yeah, we'll bring DeAndre Jordan along. So it was a bit, really big deal for the team to be like, hey, we're now considered a core free agent destination for somebody, an all-time great player like Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving, who's a super, who's a terrific player, and is already, you know, there are obviously a lot of issues with what happened with him in Boston. But I think the, the expectations are a little more under control. Brooklyn knowing that, in, in all likelihood, Kevin Durant is not going to play next season. And this is a team last year that was a good team, playoff team, legitimate club, but they were at the bottom of the East. And you bring in, um, Kyrie Irving and what have you, they should be a good team still. Uh, but just it's going to be a little different until Kevin Durant gets it. So I think the expectations are relatively reasonable and not out of control as of right now because of that. I'm excited to see them because the East is such a dumpster fire. Other than the Bucks and the and the and, and Dilly Dilly and maybe uh, maybe Boston. Um, it's fairly wide open, which is great. And a lot of like Jimmy Butler's with the Heat for no reason whatsoever. You have uh, Kemba Walker going to the Celtics, which will be interesting to watch. Kyrie stays in conferences ahead west. Um, the Knicks are still laughable, so I'm I'm very in- intrigued to see where the Brooklyn Nets fall and all of that. Uh, and of course, basketball cannot come soon enough. I know it's 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 a it's a very far away, but hey, that's why we we love what we do. Uh, final fan final fan mail before we get thumbs up thumbs down is uh, college football is even more so right around the corner than the NFL is, and we love the hot takes from Media Day. I think Media Day is a joke, but what do you make of Dabo Sweeney basically taking shot at Bama? 
and uh, his, uh, his heir apparent, Nick Saban. You know, it's one of those things where you got to love Dabo Sweeney because, uh, you know what, there is a clear rivalry between these two because they face up now in how many uh, huge games and playoff games and what have you. And, yes, everybody sort of expects, uh, you know, Dabo's going to go back to Bama and take over for Saban. And I think Dabo – he has to be cognizant of that because he's not a, I mean, he's a goofball, but he's not a moron. And I think he's cognizant of that. So I think he's a little more aware of like, Hey, let's, let's play up the rivalry aspect. Let's play up. Let's take some shots because you know what? In the meantime, yeah. Who knows what's going to happen X years from now, but mm-hmm. you know, it's, I'm still trying to beat your ass every year and win the championship and God bless him for it. So I think, a lot of it is maybe a little contrived. Uh, and it's one of those things where the rivals, but the, the, it's not like Alabama and Auburn. They're not like blood rivals. They're not playing every year, you know, the key game to determine who goes to the SEC championship game or who's in the Mexico cultural player. They won't meet at the top. So it's, but it's, it's, so it's more of like a Celtics-Lakers rivalry, if you will. But that happened over so many decades and so many championships. And this is because, you know, Clemson's only a recent player. So, I think it's a, you know, mm. I enjoy it, but I think it's a little contrived. And I think people, a lot of cases, accept that it's, you know, just a little bit or maybe even more than a little bit, kind of, you know, a little manufactured by Dabo. So, people are like, oh, you know, so how about Alabama? When, when are you going to coach them, you know? <laughs> I, I think it's out of control. I mean, a, a, lot of these, a lot of these are just like hot takes. Steve Spurrier used to own Media Day. We used to just come up with these grandiose ideas and just completely talk out of you know both sides of his mouth. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> shout out to Trace, shout out to Trace McSorley, by the way. Currently it's yes. busy, uh, during the Baltimore Ravens game. The uh, Penn State, Penn State great, or Penn State good because he wasn't great. For those names, yeah, Trace, which uh, we love guys with unconventional names. Um, playing for the god awful James, god awful uh, James Franklin, who should be fired after this year. Anyway, uh, I don't care. My thing is, I think the college football playoff is sick anyway. Uh, we need to bring back the computers. We need to bring back the BCS. It's better. Life is better when there's uncertainty. Because that, now, because we are so so watered down and vaccinated to this notion of replays and everyone's got to get it right. Where we need we need a little bit of we need a little bit of like fractured fabricated chaos. Because the problem is the the chaos that comes in our life now is is, un, is unpredictable, or it's 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 it's, um, it's organic. You know, we have like our, we have the president tweeting. You don't know what he's going to say. We have like the weather. It's unpredictable thanks to climate thanks to climate change. If we had like fabricated, clear cut, you know. Chaos, that is good. That's why we need the computers back. We need the BC we need the BCS because you can't yell at a computer. You know, you can yell at the at the committee because we hate them if they're a bunch of idiots. But that but you can't it's like you can't yell at Hal in Space Odyssey. You just take out the whatever the guy did. Sorry, sorry if I just spoiled two thousand one Space Odyssey. You just pull out all the all like all all his hard drives. 
before you just unplug it. Yeah, you can't like yell at a machine because uh, it can turn like in Terminator. Like, machines will rise. Uh, and I've said too much, and uh, Skynet is coming to get me. You cannot be serious. But it's time for thumbs up, thumbs down. That's right. What a great way to end the show. Uh, a quickly same segment. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Mass produced by Just Blake, Jersey Legend. Actually, I don't even know who made, who made the instrumental of that song. Caroline by Anime, whatever his name is. Um, great instrumental, awful song, garbage lyrics. And, and, and oh, what's it, it called um, again? The song's called Caroline. And I, I, don't, I don't even know how to pronounce the guy who sings it. It's not, it's not, it's not a song, it's like a you know, mumble rap song. But it's a great instrumental. <laughs> Like ninety percent of the music today, great instrumentals, and as soon as you just throw garbage lyrics on it, it, it makes me just makes my skin crawl. But without further ado, Flo, uh, we've been been off the air for a while, but uh, what was good? What was bad? Uh, in in uh, in your world, you know, I'm gonna give a thumbs up. This happened recently. Um, actually, thumbs down. Thumbs down is gonna go. You know, the Backstreet Boys had a little concert in town at what was formerly known the Verizon Center now, uh, Capital One Arena, and so there was a tremendous ah. amount of colleagues that I went that, or excuse me, that went that I know that went. And first off, a number of them posted like "Best Night Ever," which I'm like, is that the name of the concert? Is that what is that, is that a song? It's like no. You know, apparently this concert, which I'm sure was great, God bless the Backstreet Boys, but people are like, this is the best night ever. I'm like, what of them got married within the last like, 17 months? So let's, let's calm down, okay? <laughs> um, a second, here's another thing I don't understand. You know, and this isn't, you know, directed at really anybody specific. Well, actually a number of people specifically, but it's a, it's a number. Uh, you know, why folks, when you're going to a concert, why do folks like get dressed up like, oh, I'm gonna wear, you know, my nice suit and tie or, you know, dress, heels, like you're going to a concert, you know. You're not going to the club or maybe you are eventually. You're not going to the club, you're not going out to the bars, you're going to a concert where you're gonna be either sitting or standing and kinda of doing your thing. Like, first off, you know, high heels are great for what they are. I, I just don't understand how how women and I'm sure in some cases men walk in them. I, I just don't. I mean, they just look so uncomfortable. Now, I've never worn high heels, so I don't know. So that's why I ask those questions. So, yeah, thumbs down to getting dressed up to go to concerts. Like, you know, it's, yeah, if you're going to wear, you know, you want to have a theme thing, like, you know, go to a football game, wear a football jersey. You know, I mean, you know, if you're going to sit in the box, you got to wear a suit. Like, yeah, no. If you're not in the box, who cares? So, uh, yeah, that was silly. Uh, thumbs up is going to go to David Reagan because David Reagan announced yesterday, dude is 33 years old. I mean, he's been around for like 15 years. So he's only like 33 mm. years old. I mean, he just announced the other day that he's going to retire uh, from full-time racing, focusing on his family, do his thing. And that, that just reminded me, and I posted about this on Twitter, you know, like six and a half years ago, this was spring 2013. And I remember hanging out with you, and it was the day of the spring Talladega race. And I would kept looking at my phone, checking the, the live scoring, and it said, you know, checkered flag, laps, I forget how many was it, 188 uh, at Talladega. Yeah, 
And it was like, first place, David Reagan. Second place, David Gillen. I was like, wait, what? No, this can't be true. And I think I refreshed and it like fixed. And I was like, wait, what? what's going on? And then I looked and I was like, holy crap, David Reagan driving for Front Row Motorsports. It's got a small team. It kind of is competitive sometimes at the play tracks. Won the damn race. And that was just such a cool moment uh, that I recalled. And I also love, in retrospect, that you were involved in that memory. So, thumbs up to David Reagan. And that's that moment. Check out the 2003, I forget what that, that race is called. Uh, the 2003 Talladega Spring Race. Check out the finish. David Reagan straight up wins the race. Wasn't a, a fuel mileage race. Wasn't the bullshit like we saw at the uh, Pepsi 400 last month. We had this goofball mm. win it because NASCAR dicked around the cautions and pissed everybody off. Uh, that was cool, and thumbs up to that because, you know, it just shows that's the beauty of play tracks and that even the small teams can get a shot to win clean under green flat conditions, no garbage. Uh, and it well, was great. It, it kind of was, was flawed because wasn't that the Talladega race where – because of all the, because of, I guess because it either started later or did something, but they were like basically racing it almost at night. Mm. It was like next to dust, like half the drivers couldn't see. So it was like such a health hazard, such a safety hazard. True, yes. Yeah, because I was like, oh, I got the lights in Talladega. Like, what are you talking about? Or then everyone got mad at NASCAR because um, they were mad that they just were slaves to the television networks. Because they're like, oh, you're starting these, you're intentionally starting these races later so you can get the ratings. But at the end of the day, it's costing us that, like, Talladega has no light. So they're using, like, tiny little floodlights on the backstretch. That's, like, what I remember from it. <laughs> DW going. No, on. that is true. That is a good point. Yeah, well, <laughs> DW. Any thumbs? Is that a thumbs up anymore? That was my thumbs up. That's what I got. <laughs> Wish I prepared okay, more. Okay, let's see. What do what do I have? I have a quick th- quick thumbs up to a uh, friend of the show, Jill Ellis, former national women's national team manager. She retired not too long ago, uh, rightfully so. She did what she had to do and took over from Pia Sundage, who won a World Cup, won a uh, Olympic gold medal with the team. And then left to go coach her home nation, Sweden. So here comes Sundage's assistant. For Jill Ellis, good coach today, I believe. <coughs> I'm dying over here. Oh, uh, gosh. As I'm, allergic to, as I'm allergic to the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, are on my screen. Um, and the Vidoshian Redskins. <laughs> uh, but Jill Ellis comes in. And her very, I think her very first tournament, she loses. They lose to France. They lose like two games in this in this uh, tournament called the Algarve Cup, which is one of the few like non-fake United States tournaments that the women's national team plays in. And they lost. And everyone immediately wanted to hang my girl Jill Ellis on a cross, saying yeah, she was the wrong choice. She doesn't know what she's doing. She comes back. Oh, and they lose in Rio. But then she comes back, wins the World Cup in Canada, you know, clean, kind of cleans house for this year's World Cup with, you know, with Abby Wambach gone, the Hope Solo nightmare. 
And they win it again, outscoring everyone by like by, by like fifteen goals. They 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 only conceded two goals the entire World Cup. That's pure dominance, and that's that is players. But it, who organizes those? Who organizes and trains those players? A very good head coach. So Jill Ellis will be missed. Um, but now it now it begs the question: Whoever the next coach that comes in, if the United States were to win the World Cup in a uh, in twenty twenty three, because what does that prove? That our talent pool is so great, or because it now gets to the point where, where could anyone coach the team? And and we're just because we're so advanced in Western civilization that we'll win. So I'm curious to see what that's going to go. That's the only thing on women's soccer that I'm, I'm looking forward to. A thumbs up to Jill Ellis. We will miss her. She was a, she was a fantastic person. I did get a chance to meet her on the road to Rio tour. Very nice lady, half British, half American. So. Shout out to the colonies. Thumbs down to the colonies. Um, where else am I going with this? Oh, thumbs down to NFL. Thumbs down to original programming. This is one of my like thorns in my side. So I have a Fire Stick, and so I don't have like the normal commercials that normal television and cable would get. So NFL Network, I am watching just minutes and minutes of promos for shows that I will never watch. One of them is Good Morning Football, which is a show that replaced uh, NFL AM. Because when I was at the Hall of Fame in 2013, NFL AM was was the show. Because NFL Network was always on in our office, rightfully so, in case any breaking news happens. But over the summer, it's, it, it is, it's atrocious because nothing really happens until about August. Um, and so it's just like, what do you talk about? And this show, it, it, it makes no sense. It's just watching commercial for it makes no sense because you got you got Nate Burleson, who's the only who's like the res, he's like the token athlete, um, and, and he was an okay player. I wouldn't say he was, you know, a marquee franchise athlete, but you know, he's he's the dork that's like dressed like an idiot, like he got dressed in the dark, and then of course you got. Kind of like ESPN, you got like two chiseled, fake-looking white guys and then like an idiot girl. So I'm like, this show is absolute crap. And they're like, oh, we have get, we have guests. Oh, speaking of, here's Good Morning Football. Yeah, they we got people that 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 I don't know who they are. Both the white guys have punchable faces. And then they're like, we got some good guests, and they've got Paul Rudd, who I believe lives in New York. Doctor Oz, who I know films his show in New York. I think in the same building as as as, as Good Morning Football. And then you got the guy who played I. Uh, you got the guy who played Mr. Robot in uh, Freddie Mercury, and he's not even in studio. He's he's filming it like on some couch, like in his house. So I'm like, what what is this show? And I found that where it comes down to that. It's a bunch of hacks. He's got like you have great players like Terrell Davis. Uh, and and then, and and maybe and that's it. You, know, you got like Steve Smith, who is all over the place. Who he he might I don't even know if he has numbers to make the Hall of Fame. He ain't got no other credentials. I but he was definitely one of the best receivers I'd ever seen. Then you got like Deion Sanders, Michael Irvin, um, Derek Carr. It's just like I don't need analysis from you guys. And then they got these stupid commercials where it's like Christian McCaffrey's walking in a pool with a metal plate, and it's like NFL 100 kicks off in the ninth. I'm like, well, I don't understand what 
DeAndre Hopkins upside down catching the football or some guy who I don't even know running on a beach is, is getting me ready for the season. Like, that's what I'm watching preseason for. But, uh, but yeah, thumbs down NFL Network. It's, it's, we, it, it, ain't, it, ain't, it ain't NBA. It ain't NBA TV. Um, but thumbs down original programming. That's, uh, oh, here's another one. Who's this? Alvin Kamara running the steps. Thumbs down to him wearing a bowling. Uh, it's not cool. You know, you're not unique. Although you were a very, you were a stud of my fantasy team last year, so kudos to that. But thumbs down, thumbs down to that. But thumbs down to the NFL being 100 years old. That's kind of cool. I'm curious to see like what goes on this year with the celebrations for it, because the last cool anniversary they had was when the AFL turned 50 years old. That was cool with the throwback jerseys and uh, when the referees were like the orange stripes like they did in the AFL. But I don't think it's going to happen in the NFL. They're they're too worried about other like nonsense things beyond my control. Um, what else? I had another thumbs down. I had another thumbs down. I had another thumbs down because I don't even know. Um, oh yeah, actually, thumbs, a unique thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs up to anniversaries. Because today marks the 50th anniversary of Woodstock Celebration Concert, whatever you happened, in, in Woodstock, New York, about two and a half hours away from where I live. Um, so that's cool. You know, I think TBS is going to like do a docu- is going to play the documentary, which I'm excited for. I'll probably just watch it on YouTube or something like that. So thumbs up to history. Thumbs down, though, because this is also supposed to be the Woodstock 50th anniversary concert that we were supposed to host before um, – idiot Michael Lang tried to go up against New York state politics, which is like bringing a knife to a gunfight. So, because that was going to be a marquee lineup. He had, he had like, she had Jay, she had, she had the devil, Jay-Z. Then you had, but he had like Santana, uh, whoever was left of the Grateful Dead, John Fogarty. So he had, he had some guys that actually were in the Woodstock, Woodstock celebration perform, uh, and that was a wash, which which, which, showed, which made me realize, uh, made me learn a lot about crisis communication, which is fantastic. Well, shout out to the resume. Uh, it also shows that you got to plan festivals and stuff like years in advance, which I love how a hippie smoking guy from Florida had, had no idea what he was getting himself into. So thumbs thumbs up to Woodstock 50. So thumbs up to Woodstock celebration. Thumbs down to Woodstock 50. Because it never happened. Um... And thumbs up to uh, thumbs up to our show next week. 300 episodes. I can't believe we actually happened. I, I'm gonna try to, considering how busy I'm gonna be, I'm gonna try to dig through the archives and try to find footage of the very first show that we did back in uh, in 2000, 2010. I believe it was my freshman year when, it, when we first launched this pokey little radio show off the ground. And now it has turned into this massive empire. Also, thumbs up to uh, to to rehashing. Uh, careers. Uh, I I don't know why. Maybe I was just drunk in this habit, but I follow Shanti on Snapchat. And she was in a concert, I think in Philly or, or New York. And her, like, backstage, it was like her, Fat Joe, Jaw Rule. And I was like, oh my God. I remember listening to these people. Always make an appearance on the Throwback Thursday, but it's just like the fact that they're still touring and people are like still going to see them is is absolutely laughable. 
So uh, so thumbs up to thumbs up to throw, thumbs up to Throwback Thursday, and uh, and thumbs down to a thumbs down to the fake coaches as well. Like the guy who coaches the Bengals, I don't know idea who he is. Cliff Kingsbury. Um, anyone who's allegedly part of like the Sean McVay tree. The, the 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 hold me back coaches those aren't real people they're morons um, and that'll do it for this episode of Snack Radio catch us next week catch us next week 300th episode flow is live debauchery will ensue uh, pick your pipe catch us on social media be flow 360 blog talk radio and iTunes to Torres Ben Florence I'm Mike Gardner. This is the Fanatic Radio. We'll see y'all next week because it, it will be good. You, we might burn the place to the ground. So uh, until next time, so on. Mm-hmm.